I'm going to ask that all guests stand as the immediate family of Eddie Laws enters into the chapel. Yeah. 
Well, we are gathered here today to celebrate the life of Eddie Lee Laws, affectionately known by many of us here as Coach Eddie. On May 6, 2021, Coach Eddie lost his courageous battle to carcinoid cancer at the age of 68 and entered into the presence of his Lord and Savior. Eddie was born to Raymond Edward Laws and Barbara Sue Hutchison Laws on April 14, 1953. Coach Eddie was the second oldest of his siblings and is survived by his mother, Barbara, his sister, Renee, and husband, Russ, his sister, Gayla, and husband, Keith, his sister, Teresa, and husband, Charlie, and his sisters, Rhea and Noreen. In God's providence, Eddie married his wife, Rosanna, on August 30th, 1980. He is survived by Rosanna, his son, Bailey, his daughter, Cher, and husband, Patrick, his granddaughter, Dallas, and her husband, Chris, his grandson, Phoenix, his grandson, Rhett, his granddaughter, Paris, and granddaughter, Bree. Coach Eddie also had two great-grandchildren that he treasured dearly, great-grandson, Sawyer, and great-granddaughter, Marley. Eddie was also loved by countless nieces and nephews and other extended relatives. He was preceded in death by his father, Raymond, his stepfather, Vaughn, his brother, Johnny, his beloved Uncle Henry and Aunt Lucille, and his brother-in-law, Ted. It would be a tremendous understatement to say that Coach Eddie was a tremendously blessed man. He was part of a growing and vibrant family whom we all love so dearly. As we seek to celebrate the life of our dear friend this afternoon, let me just ask that we would come together for a word of prayer and begin our time of remembering this life that was so special to us. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we come before you this afternoon with heavy hearts and with mixed emotions. On the one hand, we are deeply saddened by the passing of Coach Eddie, and we mourn this loss with all of his loved ones. But on the other hand, Father, we rejoice in knowing that because Coach Eddie accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, he is presently residing in your eternal kingdom. Despite the heartbrokenness and despite all of the mourning that will take place both today and in the coming weeks and months, Father, I just pray that we would be comforted by the knowledge that Coach Eddie is in your presence and is enjoying fellowship with every person who you have saved throughout human history. We know from the testimony of your word that your heavenly kingdom is a place where there is no tears, no sorrows, no pain, and no fears. Oh, Father, we thank you for the undeserved privilege that all Christians can look forward to. The privilege that one day, like Coach Eddie, every Christian will dwell in a realm without disease, famine, war, or hardship of any kind. So while we grieve the loss of Coach Eddie today and in the days to come, Father, I just pray that you would help us to never lose sight of the unfathomable joy that he is experiencing in your presence, even at this very moment. And by your grace, may we too long for the day when we are reunited with Coach Eddie and when we come to see you face to face. We ask that you would bless the rest of our time together this afternoon and that you would use the legacy of Eddie Laws to ultimately direct our eyes to your holy character. We commit this to you, Father, this service, and we pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. I 
I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. I can only imagine when that day comes and I find myself standing in the sun. I can only imagine when all I would do is forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine, yeah. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine, yeah. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I
Hi, everybody. Um, you'll have to forgive me. Normally, I wouldn't read from my phone, but brain and words are just not all making sense right now. So um, thank you guys so much for being here with us today. It really means the world to my family that all of you guys are here with us celebrating the life of my poppy. So thank you guys just so much for being here with us. Um, my name is Dallas, and I'm the oldest of the five grandchildren and mom to the two wild children up here. Um, and I speak for all of us when I say that our poppy was the best. He was funny, imaginative, and the absolute best storyteller. Um, I'm not sure if you guys knew this, but he actually fought Zorro and won. Um, he has the scar to prove it um, on his belly. So, um, And my mom will tell you that growing up, he had her convinced that he was actually Eddie Rabbit. He could convince you anything and everything he was saying was true, and he could probably even convince himself that it was true. Um, as I got older, I realized that I'll never be able to outthink him or outdrink him, and it's not really wise for me to try to do either of those things. Um, we were talking the other day, and um, my cousin Cole shared this really funny story, and I just keep thinking about it. It cracks me up. Um, he and Bailey, this is Cole's version of the story, which also was funny to me, but um, according to Cole, Cole was really big and strong as a kid, and Bailey was much smaller than him, but Cole's also 18 months older than Bailey. Um, and so they're playing ball outside and Poppy's throwing the ball to Cole and Bailey's a little bit scared. He doesn't want to play catch yet because he doesn't want to get hit with the ball. And so he's really throwing it hard at Cole because Cole's strong and he can take it. And uh, Cole just took his eyes off the ball for one second, missed the catch, and it just hit him smack in the face. And he, I mean, Bailey dropped his glove. He was done. He was crying. Cole was crying. Everybody cried. And um, Cole was like, yeah, it's just, he was really, Bailey was too scared after that to play. And I was just kind of thinking, you know, I really think that, first of all, I know that Poppy hit Cole in the face on purpose. I mean, we all wanted to hit Cole as a kid. And... <laughs> He was trying to teach him, you know, getting hit with the ball wasn't too bad. But I think that he was also using Cole to show Bailey that getting hit with the ball isn't so bad. Because he knew if he just threw the ball at Bailey, Bailey would never trust him again. And they would never play catch again. And so, you know, Bailey went on to play uh, college baseball. So I'd say that, you know, lesson stuck <laughs> somewhere along the way. Um, so I just wanted to leave you guys with a... A really dear friend of mine shared this verse with me, and um, I wanted to just share it with you guys. Um, this is my poppy's Bible. So it's Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So... I hope that that um, gives you guys some comfort as we try to go on in the days forward. Thank you. I just want to start off with thanking everybody for coming here today. Um, it's truly special to uh, my family and I that we have so much support and my dad was loved by so many people. 
um, in writing this um, in preparation today, I tried to come up with something that really um, would just capture who my dad was. And uh, I think Dallas kind of beat me to it with the, uh, the storyteller. I think quintessentially who my dad was is he was a storyteller. Um, my nephew, Phoenix, he would tell you that my dad was probably the best storyteller um, that he knew. I know a lot of people in this room would probably share that sentiment. Um, when going back through some of the stories that my dad had told um, growing up, my sister and I kept, one that we kept coming to was what we refer to as the, uh, the referee story. Um, so the way that goes is, uh, you know, most of the stories that my dad would tell, they were 100% true. Every now and then he would, uh, he would embellish a few. Um, and this, this was in the embellish category. Um, so when dad was out looking at a roof for a couple of days or he was out of town, he'd get back in town. And of course, as a kid, we would always want to know, you know, dad, where were you? It was always, it was always the same story. And kind of the way that it goes is uh, dad was going along to, uh, to the job site or, or wherever it was. And uh, he had seen this guy hitchhiking on the side of the road. So he picks him up and um, he thought it was kind of funny that this guy was dressed up like a referee the whole time. And, uh, you know, it was kind of, he wasn't convinced that, you know, that the chain that was around the guy's leg was above par, but uh, <laughs> he picked him up and gave him a ride all the same. And uh, unfortunately, it took uh, dad a couple of days to convince law enforcement that he had no, nothing to do with the referee's escape. <laughs> so... I mean, that was just my dad, just any opportunity that he got to, uh, to tell a great story. Um, my dad was a master at uh, self-entertainment, is what we call it. Um, you know, kind of going through some of, some of the stories that the family had. Um, my mom came back to um, a time where my dad was, he was out of work for, for a few weeks, had nothing to do. So she came home one day, and uh, every single sign that my dad owns was hanging in our dining room, which, as most of you know, um, his sign collection was pretty vast, and it took up the entirety of the walls in that room. Um, he was thrilled. He was incredibly satisfied with his home renovations, but uh, my mom, not so much. Um, again, I mean, he was just the art of self-entertainment. On another occasion, Cher and my father were, um, they happened to be at this uh, art installation. Um, and there was an art dealer there that was selling some of the art, some of the paintings that were there. And my dad walks up and he starts describing this painting that he wants. Um, he really wanted somebody that had hand-painted a scene with a lightning bolt in it. Um, and the more he kind of got going about this painting with the lightning bolt, um, the more that it kind of showed that uh, he was really passionate about paintings with lightning bolts. Um, and of course, nobody had ever heard that before, so it kind of came as a shock um, that he just kept going on and on about, yeah, maybe it's a, a lightning bolt with like a, like a beach scene in the background and just got more and more descriptive. Of course, the art dealer said, uh, sir, no, that painting doesn't exist. Um, so he goes, okay. So he starts to walk away. Um, and then Cher turned when he asked dad about, um, 
didn't know you were passionate about lightning bolts, he turned and said, uh, what kind of idiot would actually want a painting with a lightning bolt? <laughs> um, wasn't until then that we realized he was being sarcastic um, and doing that just for the sake of his own entertainment. But that's, that's the guy he was. Um, he always wanted a good laugh, even if it was only him laughing. Um, my dad was an incredibly hard worker. Um, it's something that he instilled upon me at a very young age. Um, I can vividly remember there was a day when I was, I was much younger. Um, I agreed to help him out. Um, he was, I wasn't paying enough attention. He was doing something at, a, at the sheet metal shop. And um, I, I got kind of tired and sat down. And he made it abundantly clear that um, if any of his guys, any of his workers sat down this quickly on the job, um, they would be fired immediately, which I had to remind him, you know, Dad, not only am I not getting paid for this, um, I'm 11, so. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, he understood that, of course, he was just, he was just trying to instill the value of hard work in me. And it's something that I think that he succeeded at. Um, my father's motto was, you don't have to be better. You just have to work harder. And I think that he lived by that. Um, he had unbelievable work ethic. He had attention to detail. And if he said something was going to be a certain way, that was the truth. Um, and if it wasn't, he would do the best. It was unintentionally, he would do the best to, of his ability to remedy the situation. Um, anybody who was around him long enough could see, could see that. My father was a lover. He loved his family, he loved his friends, and he even loved strangers. It could even be said that he, he loved people that, that might not have been deserving of such love, but he was thoughtful, he was kind, he was loyal, and he was passionate about each and every person in his life. Um, regardless of who you were, you would likely get an Eddie story about an old baseball trip, a float down the creek, or his favorite new additions to one of his many, many collections. This hardworking, compassionate storyteller is somebody I truly came to love and look up to. He's the epitome of the man that I want to be one day. The hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life is let my dad go. When my dad was diagnosed with cancer 26 years ago, God could have allowed a very different, um, could have allowed a very different story to unfold. Um, I stand here at 26 years old, just thankful that I got 26 years to be with him. Um, and I'm sure most of, most of you in the room feel the same way. He lived a life of courage, compassion, and dedication. He was always there for his many countless family and friends that loved him. And I'll miss him more than anyone I've, or anything that has ever been in my life. And I know I'm not alone in that. So, I mean, if he were here, he'd probably be telling me to wrap it up at this point. So. I know we just we love him, we miss him. We're just glad he left so many memories behind that that we got to share with him and that we can remember him by. So again, I want to thank everybody for for coming out here today and hear, hearing some of my dad's stories again, even if they are kind of secondhand and, and being there um, for me and my family. 
the love and support and dedication that everybody's shown. Um, it really, it goes a long way. Um, I want everybody in the room to know how much my dad loved each and every one of you. Um, like I said, he was a lover. He loved everybody. He'll forever be missed, but more importantly, he'll forever be remembered in our hearts. I'm Mike Siri, and I'm here to talk on behalf of the Texas Roof Management Team. Eddie, what a guy. He was so much more to us than a colleague. He was a friend. He was a father figure. He's a brother that many of us never had. He was our spiritual advisor. He was an expert on all facets of roofing. He was a st storyteller extraordinaire, as Bailey mentioned. And we heard some of those stories more than once. But you know what? Every time I heard one of those stories, there was something different that I walked away with. There were kernels in those stories. There were messages that were more than the stories. And he was, he was telling us something. And so I never, I, if, if Eddie wanted to tell me the same story six times over, I was going to listen to it because I was going to take something different every time away from that. Something I maybe didn't really hear the first time he told it. There was some real messaging that went on in those stories. And talk about a people and situation interpreter. There was nobody better that could, that could read the world. He was the, he was the ultimate people whisperer. I mean, he could, he could interpret things, understand things, describe a situation. He just had an uncanny ability to understand people and understand situations. He helped us in so many ways. As I mentioned, our relationships were much more deeper than work relationships. And that's all because of the depth and breadth of Eddie. Eddie, as, as those that know him, there was so much to Eddie, so much there. And his, you know, Bailey described it as his love for everyone. He was so genuine in how he would help anybody and every one of us. He taught us so much about roofing, but really what Eddie taught us was about life. And, that, and, and he taught us how to live life and how to act in life. I came to this industry from a corporate world and very different type of industry, and I was just always so amazed at how much respect everybody in the industry had for Eddie Laws. It could be the competition, it could be vendors, teaming partners, manufacturers, it was people that he, he worked with, superintendents, foremen. Everybody had the utmost respect for Eddie. Ask Eddie, what, did it, what does Eddie think? I just was, I was so amazed at, at, at this universal respect that everybody had for Eddie. I don't think anything can say more about a man than to have that respect from everybody that you work with. And Bailey touched on it. Eddie's dedication and love of his work made him so special. It was rewarding for all of us to see how much, 
how happy his work made him. He had such pride in his work, and he, he is the role model of, of commitment and to do things the right way and to think about things in the right way. He, he, I've, I've never experienced anybody else like Eddie in terms of that. That was just really something that so many of us could learn from. You know, if you walked into his office and you ask him what he thought about a roofing detail, approach, or just general life advice, no matter what, Eddie always made time. And you know what? And Eddie was a busy man. Eddie worked night and day and weekends, and, and, and he worked all the time. But he always made time. And, and he made, and if somebody was trying to, that needed him for whatever they needed him for, and he was up on a roof, he would tell him, I'm up on a roof, I'll call you on my way home. And he would call him on his way home, and he would talk to him for 45 minutes and help them in any way he could. That was Eddie. <laughs> this is one of my favorite things. Anyone that knew Eddie knew that he was the ultimate Renaissance man. Who, kid, who could and did do anything. I mean, if you, if you thought about all the things that he did in his life, if there was a book, it would need to be written about Eddie and all of his diverse life. Someone like Ken Burns, or you know, think of the Civil War series, or Larry, the late Larry McMurtry, Lonesome Dove, would have to write that book because there's so much to Eddie's life and so much diversity that he had in his life. For those that are younger and don't know names like Ken Burns and Larry McMurtry, just think that if he had a Netflix special, it would be 10 part and it would, and it would skyrocket to number one. But, and there's a long list of things that Eddie can do, but, and I think it, uh, Billy touched on it, Eddie could have a beer with anyone and he could discuss any aspect of life. He could talk to you about baseball, he could talk to you about sheet metal, he could talk to you about he could talk to you on, on religious themes. There was just so much to Eddie, and he could talk to whatever. You know, I, I think he had like this sixth sense of maybe what was important that he should be talking with that person about, that he just was having a beer with, like what was important. The other thing he would do is he would, like, he would share like a religious sermon that had a particular impact on him, but he would share that, that like maybe you should listen to this or you might want to listen to this, because he, he thought maybe it's something that would have an impact on, on the person he was sharing it with. He could solve very complex uh, geometry type problems for roofing. Some of the things he did through his career where he figured out things and, 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 and really used what I would call complex geometry to figure out how to do certain things. It's just amazing. But you know what, he could do that with like part of his brain and the other part of his brain, he was thinking about what, what his next antique acquisition was going to be. Of course, that would mean if he acquired more antiques that he'd have to uh, do a better job hiding from Rosanna, those, some of those, that collection he already had. But, and this is where we just, Eddie is so cool. No Renaissance man would be complete without a fashion dimension. Eddie demonstrated that when he was rocking his latest Converse tennis shoes. He was our version of the true influencer. Eddie was cool, and we all wanted to be like Eddie. There's a number of people from the company today 
that are wearing their Converse shoes because they want to be cool like Eddie. We really want, we all just want to rock that Eddie vibe. Eddie's character and soul are so amazing. I know that in an event like this, lots of things are said about people and many positives about a person are said. However, everything about Eddie today so represents the phenomenal man that he, that I know many of us were so fortunate to call a friend and a colleague. Eddie had a, a moral compass that pointed true north. I don't know if that has something to do with Oklahoma being north of DFW, but, <laughs> um, but he demonstrated a level of integrity that is beyond reproach. He did that whatever the situation was. Eddie never compromised on integrity. What a role model of how you should live your life and treat people by demonstrating that integrity and that honesty. I mean, he was the ultimate role model for that. Hopefully, what I'm about to say will make Cher and Babe proud along with Rosanna. There are so many people that Eddie touched through the years that truly saw Eddie as a father figure who taught them about roofing, but most of all, he taught them about life. And those people are going to come up to you, and maybe they already have through the, you know, since recently. They're going to come up to you and they're going to tell you those stories. They're going to be stories you, don't, you had no idea happened and how he influenced certain people and the things he did for those people. And that's going to just make you feel special because it's going to be a constant reminder of how special Eddie was and how much impact he had on people's lives. Catherine and I were very fortunate to get some time with Eddie a couple weeks ago. We had told the hospital staff that we were colleagues of Eddie's. And so one of the uh, st attending staff asked Eddie what he did. And with this, this was at Baylor Hospital downtown. And with great pride and amazing accuracy, Eddie discussed every roof that we had done around Baylor Hospital and just was rattling off the, the roofs and just so proud. He had, it just like he, it, it brought such pride to him. But, what, but in typical Eddie fashion, he said, uh, he said, it's supposed to rain tonight. He goes, that's when we'll find out if we did a good job putting these roofs on. He goes, we get tested every time it rains. That's how we, that's how we determine if we do a quality job or not. But you know, even in that setting, and, and he, was, he, he was just had so much pride. During this visit, Eddie spoke with a lot of joy about Bailey and where he was in his life journey. He just lit up when he talked about Bailey. I'm sure there are many more st stories my colleagues and, and others could share about Eddie that would make us both laugh and cry. We are sad, perhaps selfishly, that we do not get to have those great conversations with Eddie and hear the stories, sprinkled with great life advice. We all wanted more time with Eddie thinking only if we knew him sooner or had more time. But, you know, I'm going to believe in a greater, a greater reason. Eddie was in our lives when he was at important times to impact us in our life journeys. And so I think God did a great job of putting Eddie in people's lives when they most needed him. Again, we'd all like to, to be different longer, but he was there when people needed him. I know that days like this make it harder to see that purpose or understand why, 
I leave you with this today. I'm, gonna I'm focusing on the bigger picture and hope you can too, that we are so fortunate to have had Eddie Laws in our lives and to influence in ways that will shape us for the rest of our lives. Great men do that. Eddie Laws was a great man. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us with Eddie. Eddie, thank, thank you for all you have meant to us. We will strive to carry the torch of life you so diligently and patiently taught us. We will, in our own personal ways, be toasting you. I fully expect some with the aid of alcoholic beverages. Some will do it when an Eddie memory comes to mind as they do their daily routines. We may have tears when we think about those memories, but we will also have huge smiles. Eddie, you are the man. God bless you, Eddie. You will be dearly missed, but a piece of you lives forever in us all. Thank you. You are not hidden. There's never been a moment you were forgotten. You are not hopeless. You have been broken, your innocence stolen I hear you whisper underneath your breath I hear your SOS, your SOS I will send out an army Find you in the middle of the darkest night It's true, I will rescue you There is no distance It cannot be covered over and over You're not defenseless I'll be a shelter I'll be your armor I hear you whisper underneath your breath I hear your SOS, your SOS I will send out an army to find you
Well, over the past three to four years, I have had the opportunity to preach on numerous occasions, both as a pastor and as a layperson in a church. During that time frame, I've also had the opportunity to marry some of my closest friends that I've had the privilege of growing up with over so many years. But there's little doubt in my mind that this message is the most significant message that I have ever given up to this point in my life in ministry. There are a few friends, few families that mean as much to me as the Laws family, and there are a few people who mean as much to me as Eddie Laws. We've already heard so many wonderful testimonies about Coach Eddie, and I truly feel inadequate to be up here this afternoon to try to put into words how much I adore this remarkable man. If somebody was willing to take the time to listen, I'm sure I could stand up here all day and talk about the relationship that I had with Eddie Laws, to tell you about the stories that I was able to experience with him. So I'll do my best to keep this as brief as I can. For those of you who know me and have grown up with me, you know that I can be occasionally long-winded. So um, I'll try to keep things in a reasonable frame of time. As I was making preparations for this service, the Laws family provided me with the opportunity to look through Coach Eddie's Bible. This was the very first time that I had the opportunity to look through Coach Eddie's Bible, uh, despite having seen him read through it on several occasions in the past. I can't tell you how many times that I would wake up after spending the night with Bailey and either see that Bible sitting on the living room coffee table or even seeing him reading through it before breakfast that Rosanna would cook us, typically eggs and pancakes. As a man who is in seminary and currently in vocational ministry, I have developed quite an interest in being able to look through the Bible that other Christians possess. In my experience, the notes and annotations that you'll find within a Christian's Bible can tell you a lot about that particular individual. You can typically learn a lot about who a Christian is and what a Christian values based on the places that that particular person chooses to emphasize within the Word of God. After spending several hours reading through Coach Eddie's Bible, I was amazed to see the direct correlation between the man that I knew for so long and the scripture passages that stood out most to him in his copy of the Word of God. I can't think of a better way to honor the life of Eddie Laws this afternoon than to demonstrate the close connection between his Christian faith and the lifestyle that he carried out before us for so many years. As such, for the rest of our gathering together, I just want to recall two biblical distinctives that define the life of Eddie Laws. Two biblical distinctives that define the life of Eddie Laws. There's certainly much more that can be said in remembrance of Coach Eddie than just these two distinctives, but nevertheless, I trust that as I share these distinctives with you this afternoon, you're going to hear much overlap between what we just heard expressed from his dear loved ones that knew him well. This was a man who was the real deal from start to finish. The first biblical distinctive that I believe defined the life of Eddie Laws could be stated in this way, a confident conviction in the lordship of Jesus Christ. A confident conviction in the lordship of Jesus Christ. Coach Eddie's Christian faith was not merely head knowledge. It was not just an addendum to the rest of his life. Coach Eddie did not view Christianity as some cosmic good luck charm or as a game of meaningless religion. He did not simply view the Christian faith as a set of arbitrary do's and don'ts. He did not view his religious convictions simply as a get-out-of-hell-free-pass. 
On the contrary, the bedrock of Coach Eddie's life, the bedrock of Coach Eddie's character, was established upon the foundation of his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's remarkable to note that on the back cover of his Bible, Coach Eddie wrote a summarization of what he believed it means to be a Christian. This is a definition that would receive exemplary marks within any seminary class. I might have to borrow it someday as I seek to complete my doctorate in the next couple of years. Listen to how Coach Eddie viewed the Christian life. How would he summarize the life as a Christian? This is fascinating to read. Here it is. What is the Christian life? Simply this. To believe in Jesus is to have a confident conviction. It's Christianity 101, my friends. We are the students, Coach Eddie is the professor, and the Bible is our textbook. To believe in Jesus Christ, to be a Christian, according to Coach Eddie, is to have a confident conviction. Or if I could say it differently, to be a Christian is to be absolutely convinced that Jesus Christ is everything that the Bible claims that he is. And in light of that reality, in light of the person and work of Jesus Christ, to be a Christian is to believe that Christ is absolutely sufficient to enable us to be forgiven of our sins and to have a personal relationship with God. And in the final analysis, if a person has truly accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, then their lives will demonstrate evidence of that conviction, evidence of that faith in Him. We see this reality affirmed by Jesus Himself in John 14, 23, when He said, If anyone loves me, then he will obey my commandments. In other words, a love for Jesus Christ is not necessarily genuine just because of the way one feels about him, although emotions are certainly a very important part of the Christian faith. But even more so, the authenticity of one's love for Jesus Christ is proven, is demonstrated, is evidenced by the observable pattern of a person's life. This is not to say that our obedience saves us. We are saved by God's grace alone, through faith alone, and Jesus Christ alone. But with that reality in mind, true faith in Christ will always be demonstrated through how an individual lives in obedience to him as Lord, Savior, and Master. And as evidenced within Coach Eddie's life, as seen in the biblical annotations that I've had the privilege of reading through over the last several days, this conviction was firmly entrenched within his soul. The conviction that true saving faith will always be demonstrated through how we live because faith in Christ at its most fundamental level is to have a confident conviction that shapes every other facet of one's existence on this planet. Coach Eddie recognized this. It shaped every aspect of how he lived. We've just heard incredible testimonies of that. We've seen it as well for so many years. And before we move on to consider the second biblical distinctive of Coach Eddie's life that I want us to consider by way of remembrance this afternoon, I have to ask everybody here some very important questions. There's not a doubt in my mind that Coach Eddie would want me to do this based on conversations I've had with him in the past. I must ask every person here, do you have a confident conviction in the person and work of Jesus Christ? Have you believed that the eternal Son of God was born of a virgin, took on flesh, and lived a perfect life without sin? Have you believed that Jesus Christ died on a Roman cross, that he bore the wrath of God in the place of every person who would ever place their faith in him so that they could be forgiven by God for all of eternity future for every sin committed against him? 
Have you believed that after his death, Jesus was buried and raised from the dead three days later in order to perfectly fulfill every prophecy recorded about him in the Old Testament scriptures? Have you believed that some 40 days after his bodily resurrection from the dead and having appeared before more than 500 people, Jesus ascended to the right hand of God in heaven? Do you believe that Jesus Christ at this very moment presently rules and reigns as the victorious King of kings and Lord of lords over all of the universe until he returns to earth in order to judge the living and the dead and establish a new heaven and a new earth? I must ask at this moment, are you resting in the once for all finished work of Jesus Christ made on your behalf, on behalf of those who would come to saving faith in him? Is that your confident conviction this afternoon? If you've answered yes to those questions, then by the authority of the word of God, the Bible testifies that you are forgiven of your sins and that you will experience eternal joy and peace and rest for your souls in his presence for all of eternity future. That is the reality that Coach Eddie is experiencing even now as we remember him this afternoon. One of Coach Eddie's favorite passages that teaches this reality is found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-5. to I want to read that passage to you. I felt it would be appropriate given this subject. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Peter wrote the following. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade kept in heaven for all believers who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Is that your confident conviction today? If it's not, if you have not yet trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then Coach Eddie would want me to share the biblical consequences of a state of unbelief. It's the reality that for those who do not know Christ as Lord and Savior, you presently reside under the wrath of God. Isaiah 6.3 and Habakkuk 1.13 state that since God is a being who possesses perfect moral character, he cannot approve of any evil, sin, or moral shortcoming. He is perfectly holy, perfectly righteous, and perfectly just. My friends, because we have all failed to love God and our neighbors perfectly, we stand hopeless before him if left to ourselves. Passages like Ezekiel 18, 20, Romans 3, verses 9 to 18, and Ephesians 2, verses 1 to 3 make it clear that because of our sin in and of ourselves, there is no such thing as a good person in the sight of God. And as such... The consequences of our sin, the consequences of our failure to obey God's commandments perfectly is death, both physical death and eternal punishment in hell. This is dreadful news and not easy to share, especially during a time of mourning. But my friends, Coach Eddie was gripped by the dreadful future that we are all deserving to receive and will receive if we be found outside of Christ at the moment that we experience earthly death. This reality is evidenced through his highlighting and annotating passages like 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 to 10 in his Bible. Listen to how that section of Scripture portrays the future that awaits all who do not come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. This is a passage that Coach Eddie highlighted and marked specifically. We would do well to heed this warning. 
The Apostle Paul writes that when the Lord Jesus Christ is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels, he will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. Those people will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power on the day he comes to be glorified. As terrifying as it is to contemplate this eternal judgment that awaits all unbelievers. Coach Eddie also recognized that God in his rich love, grace, and mercy has not left mankind without a way to escape the punishment that we deserve to receive. By God's grace and in accordance with his perfect timing, Coach Eddie became aware of the greatest news that has ever been proclaimed throughout human history. As stated in John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. My friends, if we could ask Coach Eddie at this very moment what he wanted to ultimately be accomplished through his funeral service, I have no doubt what his answer would be. It would be that if there is anybody here today who has not trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then today would be the day to do so. He would invite you to turn to the book of Romans, particularly Romans chapter 10, verses 9 to 10 and verse 13. These were three of his favorite verses within the book of Romans, the book of Romans being his favorite book in the Bible. He would want us to go through those verses because those particular verses demonstrate to us one of the clearest explanations for how a person can be saved from the eternal judgment that we hear described in Second Thessalonians. So how do we escape eternal destruction? How do we escape the wrath of God? If you're here today and you're not in Christ, here's your answer. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Do you want to be forgiven of your sins? Do you want to escape God's eternal judgment and wrath that you will receive if left to yourselves? Then simply trust in the Lord Jesus Christ today. Trust that his perfect life, his death on the cross, and his bodily resurrection from the dead are absolutely sufficient, perfectly adequate to redeem you from your sins to enable you to have a personal saving relationship with God, both now and for eternity future. Like Coach Eddie, today can be the day that you come to a confident conviction in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Coach Eddie was a man of faith, and that faith drove him, motivated him in every facet of his life. And that brings us to the second and final biblical distinctive that I believe was definitional of the life of Eddie Laws. We have just seen Coach Eddie's confident conviction in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We've reflected on how important his faith was to him. And as we prepare to draw this message to a close, I just want us to consider Coach Eddie's ceaseless commitment to pursuing excellence in all things. A ceaseless commitment to pursuing excellence in all things. That is the second biblical distinctive that I believe undergirded the life of this remarkable man that we knew and loved so dearly. It has been well said by Dr. Stephen Lawson that the Christian life can be summarized in three Latin words, soli deo gloria. 
soli Deo Gloria. In English, the phrase soli Deo Gloria simply means to God alone be the glory. It is a phrase that is derived from the written instruction contained in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, another letter in the New Testament that Coach Eddie really liked as evidenced by his attention to it in his copy of the Word of God. Let me read that verse to you. It's a very powerful verse when thought of in light of the life that Coach Eddie lived for so long. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. If there was a single verse in all of Scripture that could summarize the totality of who Coach Eddie was and how he lived his life, I don't think there's a better one that we could pull out of the entire corpus of Scripture than 1 Corinthians 10.31. I don't think there is a single phrase that could more accurately describe the life of Eddie Laws, his motivation, the why behind the what, what propelled him into excellence than this particular verse. It's the idea that whether you eat, whether you drink, whatever you do in this life, do it all for the glory of God. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. My friends, Eddie's life was a picture of what it looks like to diligently pursue the glory and exaltation of God. While it is certainly true that Coach Eddie was not one to beat anybody over the head with his Bible, he consistently demonstrated what it looked like to be faithful to Jesus Christ in ordinary day-to-day living, and he never shied from an opportunity to share his faith with others. There are several biblical passages that stood out to Coach Eddie. I mentioned some already in terms of their relationship to the gospel, but I want to point out some others that particularly relate to this second biblical distinctive. I can't express to you how incredible it is to see how these particular verses were applied to Eddie's day-to-day living. In fact, as I read these verses, I just want to encourage you to think back to the man that you knew. Think of all the great testimonies that we just heard of. And I want you to, as I read these verses, think about how Coach Eddie's life modeled these biblical principles. We'll begin with Romans chapter 12, verses 14 to 16. The text says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position and do not be conceited. 2 Corinthians 9 7. Each person should give what he has decided in his heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Ephesians 4.29, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for the building up of others. Colossians 3.23-24, one of Coach Eddie's favorite passages, Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ who you are serving. 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 to 12. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of unbelievers and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Hebrews 12, 14. Make every effort to be at peace with all men. And James 1, 19. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. 
As I read these verses, I can't help but continue to think of the man that I knew and loved for over 21 years of my life. I've met many families in my life. I've made many friends over the years, but I can say that I have met very few, if any, who have modeled the generosity and hospitality that has been modeled by the Laws family. They are some of the greatest people that I have ever met. The Laws house was literally a refuge for people of all ages and all different walks of life. I can't tell you how many times I would go over to the Laws house growing up and find 20 to 30 cars parked out in the driveway and in the street. Local kids would congregate at their house to take turns hitting in the batting cages and unfortunately to plot mischief for carrying out a well-devised prank on unsuspecting neighbors. Some of you here can relate to those days, I'm sure. On the other hand, parents would routinely cram around the Laws' tiny kitchen table to enjoy Rosanna's famous hot sauce and to hear Eddie's stories that somehow managed to relate to every imaginable situation. You see, it was never a burden for them to have people over, whether announced or unannounced. They thrived on hospitality and generosity. This was in the DNA of Rosanna Laws and, of course, Coach Eddie. To this day, my parents and I have never heard anybody say a negative thing about the way that the Laws family interacts with other people or treats other people. They are truly in a class of their own when it comes to generosity and modeling Christ-like love for other people. From an employment standpoint, we just heard several powerful testimonies about the impact that Coach Eddie managed to make in the workplace. Despite any health-related or personal issues that came up, Eddie was a dependable and gifted employee. He literally worked up until he was physically unable to do so just a few weeks ago. And in doing so, despite his failing health, despite battling cancer for some 26 years, Eddie never took any shortcuts. He never cut any corners. He never asked for anybody to pity his physical condition. Soli Deo Gloria was Eddie's heartbeat, his motivation to God alone be the glory. Coach Eddie viewed his work as a platform to honor his Heavenly Father and to minister and even witness to those whom he had opportunities to work with on job sites and throughout his company. If you were to ask anybody who ever spent an extended period of time with Coach Eddie, you would find that he was a man of unflinchable honesty and integrity. By God's grace, Eddie recognized the value of accountability and he rarely ever failed to make his commitments come to pass. He always honored his commitments. He was a man with integrity. He was a man that kept his word. And we would all do well to follow in Coach Eddie's example in our professional lives. The world needs more employees who are committed to honesty and who are dependable and reliable, no matter what the circumstances may be. And on a final note, Eddie sought to glorify God through the way that he loved his own friends and family. Most of us who are here today can testify to Eddie's gracious love and shepherding care of Rosanna and his children and grandchildren. It is no secret that Eddie's household was a reflection of how Christian men are called to lead their families as instructed in Scripture in passages like Ephesians 6.4 and 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. You see, regardless of how busy he might have been with work, he was a very busy man. He was a very successful man in his particular vocation. No matter how busy Eddie was, he always was available 
for his wife, his children, his grandchildren, and even his friends. He was a man who would lay his life down for anybody that he knew. Family was always his top priority, though. Despite the success, Eddie was committed first and foremost to those who depended upon him to provide. And provide did he. He was such a remarkable man. My friends, there is no doubt in my mind that Coach Eddie can never be replaced or replicated. He was, he was, one, he was like the most interesting man in the world, those commercials, um, the beer commercials. We used to joke around with him about that growing up. Uh, he was, he truly was, you know, Renaissance man was another title that was given for him. He was such a special human being. He's irreplaceable. But nevertheless, There are so many lessons we can learn from him. And my prayer, as we leave this place for the rest of our lives, my prayer is that we would all reflect the character of Eddie Laws in this particular way. I want us to be intentional as friends and family members of the Laws family to be there for them in the days to come. As Eddie was here for us for so many years, let's be there for the Laws during this time of mourning and grieving because they will need us in the days to come. I look at this dear family And it's as if I'm looking at my own. Words can't describe the love that I feel for you. And I know that every person in this room feels for you. And we will be here for you in the years to come. We love you so much. And we love Coach Eddie with all of our hearts. I cannot wait till the day after seeing my Lord and Savior face to face when I get to see Coach Eddie and proclaim the goodness and glory of God and his heavenly kingdom forever and ever. I pray that you someday will likewise be there as well as a follower of Christ and as a brother in Christ to the great Eddie Lee Laws. Let us pray as we draw this service to a conclusion. Heavenly Father, it has been a tremendous honor and privilege to gather with the loved ones of Eddie Laws. As we reflect on Coach Eddie's life and on the impact that he made on so many people, all we can do is marvel at your kindness. Father, it was by your grace and at the appointed time that you opened Eddie's eyes to the reality of his sinfulness before you, and in doing so, you enabled him to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ so that he could be forgiven of his sin and have a saving personal relationship with you. We thank you for how Eddie's commitment to Christ shaped every aspect of his life. We thank you for how faithfully he loved Rosanna, his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, all of his other relatives, and all of his friends and co-workers. Father, we thank you for how kind he was to those you brought into his life, no matter where they came from, no matter who they were, whether interacting with a co-worker, a friend, a friend of his children, a complete stranger, whoever it was, Father, we are so thankful that Eddie Laws never ceased to treat others as he himself would want to be treated. And I pray, Father, that we would be those who follow after the example that we saw modeled throughout Coach Eddie's life. While we recognize that Eddie was not a perfect man, we nonetheless have many lessons that we can learn from simply reflecting on the legacy that you allowed him to make. And lastly, Father, As we draw this service to a conclusion and as we depart from this place, I just pray that every time we think about Coach Eddie, for as long as we have to live on this earth, I pray that when we think about Coach Eddie, we will ultimately be drawn to think about you. I pray that if there is anybody here today who does not know you through faith in Jesus Christ, that today would be the day that they experience salvation 
that they would call upon his name, trusting that everything that he was and did, as described in Scripture, was perfectly sufficient to enable them to be forgiven of their sins and know you for eternity future. I know that nothing would have meant more to Coach Eddie than to know that his death led others to the God who he is spending eternity with. I cannot wait to be there with you, Father, and him, and I know others here feel the exact same way. So, Father, again, we thank you for this time of celebrating the life of Eddie Laws. I pray for your blessing on the Laws family in the days and months to come. Heal their broken hearts, bind up their wounds, and enable us to be there for them as they need us to be. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, as we prepare to exit the chapel, just a couple of quick announcements. Um, Coach Eddie's body, I don't know if you saw it in the handout that was provided, but Coach Eddie's body is going to be laid to rest in Uchi, Oklahoma on Saturday afternoon. This will be a time for immediate family members to pay their final respects before Eddie's body um, is put into his grave. And as we prepare to leave this room, this chapel, um, Eddie's immediate family and pallbearers are going to go out that left-hand door at the back of the chapel. Um, once the immediate family and pallbearers exit with the casket, you guys will be more than welcome to exit at that time. Thank you guys for being here, and God bless. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door